hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice Fire series, starting with a Game of Thrones. I'm I have Zach. to move the computer. <sighs> hey Zach, I'm fucking done. And welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, a full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, starting with A Game of Thrones. I am your host, Zach. With me is this intro interrupting motherfucker, Nate. Hey! And we tend to hopefully analyze A Game of Thrones with you, for you. You Okay. I'm okay. I'm. Still I only upset. interrupted you the once. It was only the and once. And we could have reused it. It was on point. It was fucking perfect. And you. So maybe I'll use them both. And I don't then give a fuck shit. You. Fuck off. So if you were with us last time, we were reading. Ned nine. Ned nine. Jesus. Get off your back. And get off your back. <laughs> get off my back. There you go. Jory Cassell is gone. Oh. Dun, 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 so is Will and Heward. Yeah, Not man. That you care? Um, can't be bothered. Will was my inductee. Yeah, sure. Get was. off my fucking. A different back. week, different time. All right, you got a point. Anyway, Sir Jamie Lannister accosted Ned Stark in the street and told his men to see that he wasn't injured, but to kill his men for Catelyn having taken his brother. We learned that Lord Tywin Lannister himself is quite vexed about the manor. And Jamie Lannister rode off. Littlefinger took off. What? Vexed about the matter. Yeah. You said vexed about the manor. Did I say manor? Hashtag suck it. Hashtag brotherhood without manners. It's, it's called story. fucking promotion, <laughs> bitch. Anyway. And, yeah, Ned Stark was left with a broken leg and that old bitch Pycelle looming over him. Yeah. Trying to offer him some milk of the poppy. And then we get... In uh, between last chapter and this one, we get sort of a big break because this is one, it's Danny's fourth chapter that we'll be reading today. But so she hasn't had too many, but it also we've been in King's Landing and Westeros yeah, for, for a, a while. while now, a big clump of chapters. So this was actually yeah. a really nice sort of relief, especially at such a dire moment where uh, at what we would believe during our first reread of the main protagonist, Ned Stark, getting into such a dire, horrible, injured situation. And so, yeah, yeah then we, it immediately jumps across. We jump the across continent. the sea, yeah, and we go to Danny, who's in a whole other world where everything that just happened with Ned Stark and Jory Cassell, it don't like, fucking matter. Fucking just the chapter structure that Martin uses, like to go and have that kind of a cliffhanger, and then immediately jump over to here. Yeah, and like, when, like, nope, you don't get to know anything. When about in reading that, because I really enjoyed this chapter that we'll be discussing yeah. today, Daenerys Four. Uh, I like it. A lot better because it's similar. We were discussing it a little bit to Cat's chapter, where there's a ton of. It's details. the intro of a new city, and uh, obviously, if you've read it, we're full spoiler. It's Danny arrives at Vastothrak in this chapter, and just the description and the detail we get of Vastothrak and all of it. It's just so much more interesting yeah, to me yeah. than the eerie was. Well, that's we the way I described it earlier was that I, and I feel this is this is Martin's style of writing right here and that's why it comes across so well whereas he's got more of a Tolkien uh the Lord of the Rings feel mm. where he, in the eerie where it's 
everything is getting it feels more high fantasy and it's yeah the dothraki feels so much more grounded yeah and, and it's it's just well done and which is an odd thing to to sort of crave and not lo- like what in reading a fantasy book such as this reading the eerie one and it's kind of like okay that's cool but it's almost tropish and at this point we've come to expect joy george joy well, i'll get more into that specifically the the grounded and high fantasy counter there uh but we may as well start up her chapter and i'll lead into it once we get a little yeah bit so in. they come upon the horse gate of vastothrak which is made of two gigantic bronze stallions rearing with their hooves meeting a hundred feet above the roadway so, to form a pointed arch. Right off the bat, this is again Catelyn arriving at the gates. The, uh, at, the gates the, of the moon, the, yeah. Like her first time. Or the bloody gate. The, yeah, the bloody gate. Yeah. And just that, how much more emotion this evokes. These these giant bronze, bra- whatever mm-hmm. they are, statued horses creating this archway. No walls. It's so fucking no, cool. And it's just there, but they pass through it. Yeah, Danny is unsure why they would need a gate since, as you said, there are no walls and no buildings that she can see. Yet, Khal Drogo is leading his Kalasar under the hooves and down the God's Way with his blood riders beside him. So this huge train of Dothraki and their slaves and 40,000 strong is what I think we get told a little passing later. Passing under, under these gates, these huge bronze horses. And Danny is escorted by Ser Jorah. And her brother, who was, is once again yeah, riding a horse. More. After she had left him in the grass to walk back to the Kalasar, the Dothraki had taken to calling him the Sorefoot King. I love that um, before all the Dothraki business, he had the Beggar King. Mm-hmm. That that was like a common tongue, probably even Valyrian, that, that's getting tossed around in. And now he's in this whole new culture. You know, and they the are also are on their shit. They are like, also, they're like, nicknamed and people. so he's the Sorefoot King. And then shortly after, Drogo offered him a ride in the cart. Mm-hmm. And Viserys was happy, happy to oblige. In his ignorance, he accepted not knowing that he was being mocked. He thought that he was getting an apology from yeah. Drogo. That, here, let us let you... I'm sorry eat. for what my wife did, for what Danny did, leaving you in the grass. So here, take a ride in the cart. Which he didn't understand, that the cart is typically reserved for eunuchs, women that are pregnant, the elderly children, and the sick. And cripples. And cripples. And the very old. And I said the elderly. Well, you said it weird. Get off my the back. infirm, basically. And so, yeah, Viserys accepts that happily, not knowing that. That earns him another nickname, the... Kalragat. The Cart King. I and like so, it. Viserys is just stacking these titles, yo. Danny. She, Danny had begged Ser Jorah not to tell uh, Viserys the truth of what the cart actually meant. Because... For fear of shaming him. It would shame him. him. And I love what Jorah says. Jorah thinks some shame would do him some good... But I don't have the actual quote. No, that's that's what I yeah, like. Is that she? Yeah. He some shame would do him some good. But he does as he's bid, and he doesn't say anything to him. So it said that it had taken much pleading and all the pillow tricks Doria had taught her before Drogo had relented and allowed her brother to ride with them again at the head of the column. So Danny ended up doing some sweet talk and got her brother back up, which is 
the, that was making me feel odd through this chapter, and we do get more on it yes, later. Yeah, so I was very much because uh, it'll get a little bit more, but yeah, because it, it felt it started to feel like a bit of regression. Exactly, like, damn it, girl! Like you, you, you had made so yeah. much progress in the field there where she ended her last chapter. Yeah, so she asks where the city is because there's no buildings, there's no people, only the grass, the road, and the ancient monuments from all the lands that Othraki had sacked over the centuries. And Jorah answers that they live under the mountain, the mother's mountain. And so they ride past these old monuments, and it says stone kings look down from their thrones, names faded by time. And again, we had a correspondence here from the uh, Not-So-Silent Sisters about this chapter. They really enjoy this one. They actually mentioned specifically this monument, thinking that maybe this was a reference to Winterfell. And the yeah, Stone yeah. Kings. So I never made that connection. I either. didn't either, but there um, was something about this description that scratched my brain, and I think that's I, what it is. Right. Is... It, I had something, like I wanted to, to put it to something, but I was kind of envisioning more just kings of the Targaryen past, mm-hmm. you know, and just nothing too specific but i really like that tie to the kings of winterfell and the crypts there danny also spots some young maidens dancing on some marble plinths there are monsters that stand in the grass black iron dragons roaring griffins manticores with barbed tails ready to strike and others that she could not even name now obviously i have to bring up some stuff here now the do you think that Martin has again. The Griffin was mentioned in that Ned chapter when he visited Tobelmot's shop, and now he's he's got another Griffin mentioned. Well, I mean, yeah, sigils are sigils. There's a black iron dragon, right? A black, black fire dragon, black, right? And a roaring Griffin and a manticore with barbed tails ready to now, strike. Now, do you think the manticore? Because I, me, I the know manti- that there's a house I think that has it, but does it? Do you think it's more of a foreshadowing of her getting? A manticore, the assassin trying to get Well, to me, it almost boils down to an equation. Like, black iron dragon plus roaring griffins equals, like, poison or... Death. Death. Death, Like, a barbed stinger that's going to seep in and slowly break you down from within type thing. I, I could totally be reaching there. It could be... I, I can't remember whose sigil is the Manticore. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like a, it's a minor house. If it's there like is the Celtigars or something. But, I think. Uh, but yeah. otherwise, I just wonder I, I, if it's foreshadowing the assassination. I, I have no idea. It. I just immediately yeah. the Black Iron Dragons and the Roaring Griffin. I was like, oh, that's you know exactly. what I think it could. So be. then she mentions that it says that some of the statues were lovely and they took her breath away. Yeah, they're beautiful. But there were other ones that were so misshapen and so terrible that she could barely stand to even look at them. Sir Jorah says that those statues most likely came from the Shadowlands beyond a shy. Yo, I want to know what the fuck those statues look like. So I read something. I believe it was on Reddit, but I'm not 100%. I read a lot of things throughout my day. But it was basically, what if... A shy isn't as terrifying as we're told. Yeah, and basically, it's stories and it's getting played up as this really dark place, but it really just isn't. It's a normal city, and so, I mean, my uh, that that thought popped into my head when I was reading this because I'd be like, huh, then where would these statues come from? But I really like the idea that a shy is this terrible, scary, horrible place, and everything around it is as well. Because I know there's Stagai up further, and it's just scary shit 
So I really wish we got a description of some of them. Yeah, me too. Because I just want to know anything and everything I can about a shy. But Viserys is not impressed at all, and he says that it's the trash of dead cities. And he's speaking the common tongue because there are Dothraki around them, and there's less chance of him being overheard talking shit about the Dothraki because he next goes on to say that all these savages know how to do is steal things better men have built and kill. They do know how to kill. Otherwise, I'd have no use for them. And Danny actually does stand up for them here, saying, like, they're, Yo, those are my people now, so how about you chill? Mm. Like, back the fuck up. Don't off. call them savages. The dragon speaks as, his, as he likes. He, again, says in the common tongue. I, but notice he keeps looking back at the blood riders oh, yeah, no, and making he's... sure that they don't understand what he's saying. And then he, as he does so, he says, See, the savages lack the wit to understand the speech of civilized men. And he then he asks, How long until yeah. Drogo gives me my army? Bitching. I'm tired of waiting. And Jorah kind of goes through the list. Danny must still be presented to the Dosh Killeen, and Viserys cuts him off. The crones, yes, there's to be some mummer's show of a prophecy. Which, I, for the whelp in her belly. Which, so, the prophecy is known about already. I was just going to say, like, I've never noticed that line before. Yeah. And that means that they already know there's going to be a prophecy? Yeah, they already know that so the then that's a, who mounts so the world So it's a bullshit. Is... So it's a bullshit. It's a mummer's fucking prophecy. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, they're putting on a show. They're declaring this child yeah. what they want it's it to be. exactly it. Yeah, I never, never really... And so I definitely think that that's a very accurate statement and that we take way too much stock in a lot of prophecies. Well, I mean, this we, see it, we see it through Danny's eye. We feel right. the loss of a mother's loss who believes her child... Of course she believes her child's going to well, be yeah, what they exactly. proclaim him to be. But Viserys is sick of the whole Dothraki lifestyle. He ain't about it. Housewives of Dothra- of Vase Dothraki, he ain't about yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, he's bitching about it. He's tired that. of the horse meat and stinking like a savage. So Jorah le- finally gets him to chill by saying the Western market will have things that are more to your taste. Yeah. So you can get your food that you don't uh, Yeah, hate. the traders from the free cities sell, sell there, which is stuff that you're used to because yeah. you've lived in the free cities. And he says that the call will honor his promise in his own time. And this is when Viserys says, He better. I was promised a crown, and I mean to have it. The dragon is not mocked. And he rides off to look at a statue with six breasts because he's, he's that shallow. So uh, it was at this point where... I was really thinking about it, and like, God fucking damn it, you just can't... By this point, you can't wait for Viserys to die. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, it, like, in looking at it, that's the only fucking option. Because I, I remember when reading this, I was actually a little surprised at how quick he died. I thought he was going to have more of a villainous role in Danny's story, where it was going to be this constant thing right. she had to deal with before finally overcoming. I didn't think he was going to die so quickly into the first book, but it... That's all there is for him because he's being told and it's and that's what's great about it is it's Viserys who doesn't like being told what he can and can't do anyway. But with the Dothraki especially, there are all these things he has to do, especially heading now into Vase Dothrak. Turn over your weapons. You can't make demands of a call. He'll do things in his own time. The you know, eating the the fucking horse meat and the leathers, like he doesn't even want to dress like them, which we'll learn later. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's just all these things that he either is supposed to do or cannot do, and he doesn't live in such rigidity. He thinks he's free to do of whatever. So 
all there is for him, especially heading into Vastothrak now. There, he's dead. There is no, and it's so blazingly apparent when you look at it again. Well, yeah, especially rash, the way he's, yeah, and the way he's talking shit in front of him and how blind looking he is. At him, he's yeah, not learning anything whatsoever. And so I just, I, I love it. Fuck you. Your time is so limited, and it's great. But this is when Jorah goes on to explain that the call to Daenerys, that the call doesn't see it as a, as a sale. It's, as it's a, not a trade. It wasn't. Yeah, it's a. He was given Danny as a gift, and that means that Drogo will, in return, give Viserys a gift in his own time when he can get that gift and is ready to give. And it. that's when Jorah says, "You don't make demands of calls. You just don't do it." He also says that Viserys should have stayed in Pentos, as Illyrio had told him to. Like, yeah. he has no business out here riding with them because it could take years before Drogo is ready to present him this gift. So Danny isn't sure why, but she's still defending her brother. And she says that Viserys says he could sweep the seven kingdoms with Drogo's 10,000 Dothraki. And Jorah snorts here and says Viserys could not sweep a stable with <laughs> 10,000 brooms. So now I do like, cause then she asks if it's possible, if it wasn't Viserys, if, if it, it was, was someone else competent. leading the Dothraki. And he gives a really good answer saying that if they met them head to head on an, on an open field, Ned, th- they're done. Like, the, the Westeros is fucked. The the Dothraki are going to just tear yeah, into Yeah, he says at first he had thought them barbarians, which the knights would absolutely just slaughter. But now he was less certain. They ride better than knights, they're fearless, and they have far superior bows to the knights. They fight on horseback, and there's just so fucking many of them. Drogo alone has 40,000 mounted warriors in his Kalisar. And he says that your brother Rhaegar brought as many men to the Trident uh, when he fought Robert. But no more than a tenth of those were knights. The rest were archers, free soldiers, and free riders who fled when Rhaegar fell. That means 4,000 of 40,000 were knights. Were knights. So he says, how long do you think an army would last against the Dothraki when they're scattering like that? But then he goes to defend it as but, well. But, yeah, he says, mind you, the Dothraki are shit at Siegecraft. They could never take even the weakest castle. And then he goes and mentions but, that if some of the, you know, well, because he, she asks, he mentions how Robert is. He says if Robert is fool born, enough to meet yeah. them in the open field, then it's kind and of. And Danny asks, is he fool enough? Is he enough? foolish enough? And I really like that Jorah says. Robert should have been born a Dothraki. Mm-hmm. That that is his nature. And that's who even he was basically telling Ned that he just wants to go and live free. Yeah. Like, that is the lifestyle for that guy. Yeah, he's a strong man, brave, and he absolutely is rash enough to meet a horde in the open field. But the men that surround him, his brother Stannis, Tywin Lannister, Eddard Stark. He said uh, Lord Tywin Lannister. Yeah, yeah, he I gives like them that. their titles. But not Stark or uh, or... Stannis. He just said Stannis, Lord Tywin Lannister. But Danny catches on to the venom when he well, says yeah, he Eddard Stark, out. and she says, "You hate this Eddard Stark." And he says, "He took from me all I loved for the sake of a few lice-ridden poachers and his precious honor." And he quickly changes the subject, pointing out Vastothrak, the city of the Horse Lords. And it says, "So at this point, Khal Drogo and the Blood Riders had led them through the Western Market." And Danny's just looking around at all the different strangeness, and we get the description here that Vasil Strack itself is vast, but
but everything is sprawled out. Even the buildings are strange. Stone pavilions, manses of woven grass as large as castles, stepped pyramids faced with marbles, log halls open to the sky, and not a single one of them is alike, and she points this out to Jorah. Yeah, who explains that the uh, Viserys is right. They're, they partly, aren't, partly right. Partly, yes. They, they they're not build. builders. They don't and build. And so all the buildings that are there were built by slaves that they've had or people that have come and they build it in the fashion of their of home cities know, yeah. and how they know to build. And so that's why it's just a jumble of whatever. So Danny asks where the people are and Jorah again answers that only the crones of the Dosh Kaleen live permanently in the city with their slaves and their servants. Yet the city is large enough to house every man of every Kalasar, should they all return to the mother at once, which the crones predict will happen soon one day. So, does that mean all their prophecies are horse shit? I, I mean, that's the thing with prophecy, I right? Mean, you got like, a point. what are what's bullshit and what isn't? What validates the old gods prophecies over what validates there must right, always be right. a stark in winterfell over the stallion who mounts the world that type of thing or the dragon must have three heads so drogo comes to a stop he uh and he near the eastern market yes where which, the caravans from yt and a shy in the shadowlands are. or if you know your maps the cities to the east well, since it's the Eastern Market and the Free so Cities, I like to or the name Western, the, cities. the Western Market. Maybe not no, everyone's no. as familiar with the map as we are. I was just pointing. Fight out for me those right ones. now! Don't at me. <laughs> anyway, the palace at the foot of the Mother of Mountains is a cavernous wooden feasting hall. Its roof sewn silk that could be raised to keep out the rain, or lowered to let in the sun. Yes, and Danny smiles, thinking of the. The little slave girl that Illyrio had given her back in Pentos. Yeah. And how she had uh, talked about this ornate palace that, you know, she was going to be visiting and how beautiful and splendid, splendid it was going to be. And it's a log feasting hall. It's something you would expect in Winterfell. Yeah. I but mean, it's, like, it's nothing crazy. I did think it was interesting that an army of slaves had prepared for Carl Drogo's arrival. Yeah. It was forbidden to carry a blade in face Dothrak, so when they dismount, a slave steps up to each of them and takes their weapons, and even Drogo was not exempt from this rule. In this place, all Dothraki were one blood, one Kalasar, one herd. Which is, I really do like just the ideas of the Dothraki, yeah, no, that I this like, city exactly. is a common ground. It's like World of Warcraft, in <laughs> yeah, when you, the... you do the, the, the Horde versus the Alliance, and they've got the middle ground cities where no one can fight, and tensions are there, and it's like, eh, but yeah. it's, it's still a common ground neutrality city. And, you know, then we get the, the Crohn's bullshit of everyone's going to gather yeah, here and the yeah. mother's going to sweep us all up in her womb and jiggle us around. I don't know what the fuck they got going. Whatever. And so uh, the oldest of Drogo's Koholo. blood riders, Koholo, comes up to Danny as she's getting off her horse and being helped. And the blood riders, Danny thought she gives it, yeah, nice first, description. she thought basically they were Dothraki Kingsguard, but it is way more than that. They are the Call's brothers, his shadows, his fiercest friends. Blood of my blood, Drogo calls them. And it's true, tradition demands that the blood riders die with the Call. Some will do it in vengeance, some will do it just taking their well, own life. Well, that's it, they can stay alive long enough to seek vengeance on whoever killed their mm -hmm. Call. And then after that, they happily ride into death to join him in the afterlife. And in some Kalasars, they share literally everything from tent to wine to wives, but never a horse. 
a man's mount was his own. And Danny is quite glad Drogo doesn't <laughs> follow that tradition because while Kohor is always kind to her, the others frightened her. There was Hago, huge and silent, who glowered at her like he forgot who she was. And Kotho had cruel eyes and quick hands that liked to hurt. He left. <coughs> he fake sneezed. Don't buy it. Was into a it. cough? Oh, was it a cough? Yeah. I don't know about that. Anyway. Hago left bruises on Doria uh, uh, when he grabbed her arm, and he made Eerie cry in the night, and even his horse seemed to fear him. That, to me, is significantly huge. You, well, yeah. That, in the Dothraki. Yeah, that his that, horse is scared of him. Yeah, I would think like, that would be a fucking omen. Like, people would pick up on that or something, but apparently not, because it says, yet they were bound to Drogo, life and death. And she actually wishes that her father had been protected yeah, by, by blood, riders. blood riders instead of his Kingsguard because she thinks of the Kingsguard. They were supposed to be noble, but Jamie Lannister had slain her father, and Sir Barristan the Bold now serves the other side. And she wonders if all men are truly false in the Seven Kingdoms. Yo. I love that yeah, she brings that up Barry Barrison the Bold. especially is mentioned, and Jamie Barry the, the with Bold the, with the dishonorable and false, yeah, yeah. like actually because that was Jamie's most heroic moment. It's something right, she right. detests him for, and we know the deal with Barristan the Bold. Well, and like what a great way to for Martin to cast more onto Jamie, Jamie after what he just did. His chap the chapter just before this yeah. he had net attack. Yeah, he was and this so reminder just, that yeah. he also killed Danny's father. But she thinks that her son will have blood riders. And so Koholo tells her that Drogo is telling her that he must ascend the mountain to sacrifice for their safe return. And that only she knows only men can step foot there. So she says that she'll await his return. Which she's pretty but happy she's for. relieved about because being pregnant, he's been wanting to get his fuck on and it hasn't been the most comfortable for her. So she's Doria, been exhausted. Yeah, she's just tired and it's been a lot of travel. So Doria leads her to the hollow hill that's been pre- prepared for her and Drogo as their little home. She calls for a bath. Yeah, she wants a bath, scalded and hot and like so she likes. She decides she's going to give her brother the gifts that she's got for him. So she sends one of her maids to the store. She sends to the little market, yeah, yeah, she bazaar, sends them out. Uh, to get some fresh meat and anything fruits, but horse anything fresh, but horse flesh. meat. And, and then she sends the other one to go and she sends invite Doria her brother to go to... invite him to sup with her. Yes. So they end up getting goat. They settle on goat, and Jiqui cooks it as Danny starts to lay out the new clothes that she had had yep. made for her brother, Dothraki clothing. And th- her hope is that the Dothraki might start respecting him just a little bit more. And she thinks that they were, in all actuality, both blood of the dragon. So. He arrives dragging Doria by the arm. Her eye is red from where Yo, he hit her. Yo, the dragon's woke. Yeah, uh, he's pissed because you sent this whore to give commands to me. And Danny is completely taken aback. And she's trying to get to the bottom of it and finds out that Doria misspoke and said command that uh, Khaleesi demands you dine with her yeah. tonight. And Danny corrects him saying, I asked you to sup. Like, these are for you. This was meant to be a sweet night. Like, chill out. Relax. It's all cool. And, and so he, he goes shows over her. and looks at And it's cool her. shit. It's, she's got, like, 
inlaid the, 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 the vest, leather vest yeah. has like dragon but, inlays in it and, and he sneers at it and says you would presume to dress me in the dothraki rags and next you'll want to braid my hair and, and she she's just like can't. i i didn't and then like the anger it, like, like she was how like dare you? fuck you. you haven't won any victories yeah you have no you have right, no to, right to, braid. to braid like how dare you and she sees the fury in his eyes but she knows that he won't strike her with her handmaidens here and, and she's like her calls outside doria made this sewed this specifically for you like these are clothes fit for a king yeah for a, a call. call yeah like these are what Khal Drogo would be wearing, and he says that I am the lord of the seven kingdoms, not some grass-stained savage with bells in his hair. And this is when he grabs her arm, quite painfully, yes. and says that you forget yourself, slut, as he digs his fingers in more. And so she reaches and grabs the first thing she can find, which is the belt she had meant to give him, and she swings it with all her fucking strength. And it's a heavy medallioned belt. Hell yeah, Multiple metal pieces. She gets him full in the face, a medallion slicing his cheek open, and he she knocks him to the floor. He lets go of her. She, uh, she says, You are the one who forgets himself. Leave me before I summon my cause to drag you out and pray Drogo does not hear of this. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is... As far as Danny chapters, this is the one too where she leaves him in the grass. Yes. And then here she straight up physically assaults Yo, him. Yo, she fucking wailed him in the face. And the silent Get sisters him, love this as well. You made the great point that is this potentially the belt yeah, that he that gets, he crowned, gets with crowned with later, with. which would be fucking if, great. You know, if he was so ashamed to wear it, she may present it to an actual call. Yeah. Someone that's worthy of the belt, and that could potentially be the one he So he out. whines, you know, you're gonna regret this, whine, 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 and then he leaves and Danny sits there holding the clothes that she made for him, and she realizes that she's not fucking hungry anymore because he ruined everything, and she asks for one of her dragon eggs. So Eerie yeah. brings her the deep green one, and Danny just kind of curls up there. Is that Rhaegal? Uh, I think so, yeah. Rhaegal, yeah. Yeah, she curls up there. She throws the cloak that she had meant to give him across her, and she's cradling the egg to her pregnant belly, and... It just says that she liked to hold them. They made her feel stronger, braver, as if she drew strength from the stone dragons within. Yeah. Which, so uh, then she feels the baby re move. So, uh, baby or dragon? That was. Uh, so she feels the baby move, and it. She thinks that it, it reaches to, to the, the dragon, dragon egg. egg. Brother to brother, blood to blood. You are the true dragon. Yeah, yeah. She and she so whispers to him. You are. Is the it true the dragon. egg? Because like. Obviously, we know, full spoiler here, she's going to have a miscarriage to little demon monster baby yeah, thing. Yeah, supposedly it is, twisted, corrupted so, looking. So, if that's true with Miri Mesder or whatever yeah. the fuck. Uh, is, is that her? Yeah, Miri yeah, Mesder. I'm, I'm just talking it out. And so, it's probably not doing too well in there. And while I don't, I'm no Dothraki baby doctor, I don't know. I would imagine it's probably not kicking around in there too much. Dothraki BD. And so maybe it's the dragon egg that's actually moving. Yeah, in that there was right my initial thought there. was that, like, we know this kid doesn't make it, so I was thinking more it's the dragon stirring. That's for what the I first was thinking. Maybe this is it. Maybe as she's drawing strength from the dragon, the drawing dragon is drawing strength from her baby yeah my yeah. thought was like that's the transference of power that's happening here 
is life for life yeah there is something reaching out that's going on but it's like sapping like this is what causes rago to die yeah, yeah. is her giving life to yeah. these dragon eggs that she's been almost, yeah she's cradling. Curdle, she's cradling this like a child like this is her comfort it's not yeah. her pregnant but she didn't just curl over and hold her stomach she curled over with the egg so what if it was nothing to do with miriam as and this is it right here she just gave life to this thing through i think you just made a fact shit so she uh yes you are the dragon she whispers to the egg to the baby we don't know who knows the true dragon i know it and it says that she went to sleep dreaming of home that's the end of her chapter outstanding fucking chapter one of the better danny ones i think and way better than the introduction of the veil shots fired catlin Dang, anyway, son. so you got an inductee? Uh, I do. Yeah? Yeah. What is it? Who is it? It's going to Doria. Okay. Because I love that. I don't think it was accidental that she commanded. Your Khaleesi demands your presence. Oh, yeah, no, presence. everyone's just shit She's just them. twisting that. She commands you to join her for supper. She knew perfectly well that Danny said, go ask him if you'd like to come and have dinner with me. No. Uh, your queen wants you. Now. Move it. Move it. So. So I'm Doria. inviting Doria. All right. It is known. I like it. It is known. Uh, my inductee, it'll probably be the only time throughout the fucking whole series, but it's going to go to Sir Jorah Mormont for... Dora! Viserys couldn't sweep a stable <laughs> with 10,000 brooms because fuck you, Viserys. That's a, that was such a good fucking... Yeah, so Sir Jorah, I'll induct you for that quip this week. Great, and great. So we got some inductees from the Not yeah, So Silent have you, Sisters. Have read them, I yeah. have read them. Nate hasn't this week. And yeah. so I will read Uncepta Aftons because she shares an inductee with you. She Hell yeah. She invites Doria. And says that she invites Doria because, man, she puts up with so much shit and manages to stay strong through everything. Which she really does. She's a badass bitch. clearly assaulted this poor girl before getting to the tent. Hell yeah. I'm feeling that. If you want to read Uncepta Brandy there. All right. And Uncepta Brandy, I had actually considered this same inductee, Daenerys, because that bitch finally stands up to her shit-stained brother. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, she fucks yes. him up with that belt. And it's just so good. I think that that goes kind of hand-in-hand hand with each other's there. Doria, you know, kind of nudged Danny into this... He's mistreating you, too. Mm. And Danny just getting her badass bitch on. Yeah, no, I... Powerful women. Man. Yeah, man. Powerful women. And... Doria, and just fuck Viserys is yeah, sort no of the, like the, yeah. the general overall theme of those inductees. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> fuck Viserys. So, so those are our thoughts. Those are the the not-so-silent sisters' those are, thoughts. Yes. Uh, again, Welcome to the sisterhood for them. Thank and you both for writing in, as always, and as you always say, all men must die, but we are not men. So thank you, not-so-silent sisters. Hopefully we'll hear from you next week for Brand 5, which will be the next episode we're covering. But those are our thoughts. Anybody, not just the, not that we don't appreciate the Not So Silent Sisters, but everybody write into us and let yeah, us know your absolutely. thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. We love to hear so everyone's thoughts. It's so great hearing uh, yeah, other thoughts. Did, did you guys love this chapter? Did you hate based Dothrak? I happen to love the Dothraki because they, to me, they feel more grounded in a fantasy-based right, yeah. series. So if you're coming at us next week, as Zach said, we'll be reading Brand 5. It's uh, chapter 37. Yeah. And so 
It's a good one. It's a uh, it's a pretty cool one. Yeah, returning so, way north to Winterfell. Yep, I, we we meet some new friends that aren't quite friends just yet, but make sure you hit us up on all the socials. Yeah, you can find us uh, at Twitter. Nate is at Manners Without. I am at Carstark ninety two. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. We are on Instagram at Brotherhood Without. We are also on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rate and review. Rate subscribe and review. if you want to. It's cool stuff. We appreciate it. We read those out. We've got our Patreon. You can hit us up there. Patreon.com slash Without Manners. We're on the Spotify and, and all uh, those different things. We have a website. The website. www.brotherhoodwithout.com. But let us know. Write us in. Whatever your thoughts, feelings, concerns. Are you excited for other chapters? Do you hate this book? Are you that guy? I would love to talk to that guy, actually. Yeah, man. Tell us why. So, yeah, whatever. please write us in whatever your thoughts, feelings. But Just... until next time, Battle to Harris. Peace! Peace!